Hello everyone, this is the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for November 26th, 2018. Uh, this is the time of the week where we get together, um, talk about CircuitPython stuff, see what everyone's doing. Uh, the meeting has uh, a way that we do it. We start with the uh, state of CircuitPython, where we talk about um, how the project is going, how what, what things are looking like, um, who's participating. Uh, and then we will move into um, hug reports and status updates, which we do as a round robin, um, where we will go through the list alphabetically and um, see what see what everyone's up to. Hug reports are a chance for people to say thanks to other people in the community. This is um, not only an important thing to do, but it's a way to. Um, it's a way to, to, to give someone um, credit for something they've done or um, just to be, be positive um, about uh, the whole situation. So uh, that's, what, that's what we'll do with hug reports. The status updates is just where everyone's at, what everyone's up to. Um, you can tell us what projects you've been working on, uh, what sort of code you've been doing, that sort of thing. Um, and so we will get to that. So uh, first of all, we will get started with um, the state of CircuitPython. So overall, uh, we have had 13 pull requests merged for both CircuitPython and the libraries. Um, we had nine authors and five reviewers, which is great. Um, and overall, we've had nine issues closed by six people and eight opened by eight people. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and move into talking about the core and I will let Scott take it away with that. Awesome, thank you. Um... We'll take a time code as well. Um, so uh, with the core uh, in the last week, as of last night, uh, we had five pull requests merged from four dif different authors, uh, Summersoft, myself, Dan, and C47D, uh, with four reviewers, uh, normal folks. Uh, we have eight open pull requests. Um, if you're interested in what those eight are, check the notes uh, for everything check the notes with the recording later, uh, or if you're in the voice chat right now, uh, we've dropped it in the CircuitPython text channel, so you can check it out there as well. Uh, Issues-wise, in the last week, we had three closed issues by two people and four opened by four people, so we're up one, uh, which is not too bad. Uh, we like to hover right around kind of stasis, I would say. Uh, and then we have a total of 61 open issues um, that you can check out if you go to the link in the notes. Download-wise, uh, our latest unstable release is 4.0 Alpha 3. Uh, we've had 188 total downloads with that. Uh, if you want to see a breakdown by uh, those downloads by board and by language, uh, again, check the notes. Uh, it's all there for everyone to, to see. Uh, Stable-wise, we've had 280 or 2,891 total uh, downloads on 311, which is great. Um, I don't remember what the number is from last week, uh, but we tend to do about four or 500 downloads a week. Um, and then I, if I had to summarize kind of where we're at, uh, 4.0 Alpha 3 really did put the alpha in everything, but we should expect to see an Alpha 4 uh, later this week uh, that stabilizes all the USB stuff. And we were just talking briefly uh, earlier. I think we're going to punt a lot of the stuff that's listed as 4.0 right now. Uh, so that we can get a 4.0 stable out the door, and then we'll do like a 4.1 and a 4.2 uh, 
uh, or maybe a 5.0 if we want to add uh, extra or ch if, if we'll do 5.0 if we want to change stuff. But we basically want to get uh, a stable four out sooner rather than later uh, since we're actually shipping it on hardware already. So uh, yeah, that's the summary for the core. Thanks. All right, next up, we're going to talk about the CircuitPython libraries. Um, get a time code. Um, so uh, for the libraries, we had eight pull requests merged. We had five authors. There are two names that I don't recognize, uh, Robert H.H. and Adam M. Hale. Uh, so those are uh, two people who put in um, new PRs. Thanks so much for that. We had five reviewers, uh, which thank you everybody who reviewed. Uh, we currently have 11 open pull requests. Those are in the notes, um, and as well, they are also in the CircuitPython library tracking issue, which is located on the CircuitPython repo. Um, I'll put a link into that later. Uh, so if you're interested in taking a look at any of those, you, um, you have a couple options for finding uh, what they are. Um, we had six closed issues by four people and four opened, or yeah, six closed by four people and four opened by four people, and we're currently at 61. So we're hovering right around the same amount. Um, again, those uh, links are all in the notes and also in the uh, library tracking issue. Um, the rest of the information on libraries, uh, the best place to find that is in the um, CircuitPython library tracking issue. Uh, there's all sorts of issues we have with, um, with the repos. Um, like for example, uh, maybe it's missing an example with the correct name. Um, it's a very simple thing that if you're new to uh, coding, if you're new to Git or GitHub, um, it's a very simple fix. And it's something that you could use to get your feet wet um, if you wanted to start contributing. So take a look at that. There's a lot of um, great first issues available around our libraries and we are always available to help. Um, there's a Git and GitHub contribution guide um, but if you're not sure uh, after you've read that, um, feel free to ping any of us um, and we will definitely do what we can to uh, help you get started. So that is um, the state of CircuitPython. And now we are going to move to Hug Reports. Um, Hug Reports are a chance for you to, uh, for you to give thanks um, to other community members who may have done something uh, to help out, um, any kind of uh, positive thing that you uh, had help with or um, something you saw, um, or to just give thanks to the whole community um, in general. Um, I will start it as an example and then we will continue down the list. There are some people who are um, not here or don't have uh, microphones, if you don't, you can add your hug reports into the text chat and we will read them out. Um, or you can add them to the notes if, um, if, you are, uh, if, you, if you have access to the notes, you can just add them in there and we will read them out as well. So uh, let's get started. Um, I have a bit of a list this week. I wanna say thank you to uh, K-Town and Dan for letting me sit in on a call this morning. It was way over my head, but was incredibly interesting. So I'm really glad that I got to uh, sit in on that. Um, thank you to Brennan for all the help with Character LCD and uh, with all the testing for that. Um, th thanks to Sedacious for getting in the ADXL 345 pull request with all the new features. It looks great. Um, can't wait to, to get going with that. Thanks um, to Summersoft for all of the Adabot work. 
Um, and thanks to Andon um, for handling a Discord issue we had this morning. Um, and, but most importantly, thank you to all the community members who reported the issue. Without those reports, we wouldn't be able to deal with the issues that come up because it happened uh, in direct messages. So uh, we really appreciate um, people taking the time to do that. So thank you very much to everybody who, um, who did that. Um, so next up is uh, Sedacious, who's just lurking. So I will read, um, I will read his notes. Uh, thanks to Katni, myself, and Microbuilder, uh, K-Town, for reviewing the ADXL 345 work. Um, and thanks to Adafruit uh, uh, PT um, and Adafruit in general for being extremely supportive in promoting me and my wife's work on our CircuitPython-enabled toys. All right, um, next up is Summersoft. Do you want to paste into the chat? Or are you just lurking today? Ah, all right. From Summersoft, just a ginormous group hug this week. All right, um, Soundmaster AJ, do you have any hug reports? You don't have a, oh, you're unmuted, but I can't hear you. You can type into the chat if, you're, if your sound's not working. Okay, um, in the meantime, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, Scott. All right, thanks. Uh, first and foremost, I wanted to do a hug report to C747D and uh, Juan, Bondi, Juan Bondi, who is at IIITO2788 on GitHub uh, for working on the Spanish translation. I thoroughly enjoy when people come across uh, things and, uh, and offer to help. So that was really cool. Uh, again, I wanted to shout out Summersoft for the Adabot love. Um, I feel like you're like the mechanic and making Adabot ever better. So thank you, Summersoft. Uh, shout out to Lady Ada for her Linux foo over the weekend, getting live GPIOD going. Uh, pretty sure she's the first one to ever manage to get it to actually work, which is super cool. And uh, Arthur Dent 62, uh, thank you for the TLC chaining PR. Uh, I don't think it's checked in yet, but. Um, Adding that support will be really good. And then uh, lastly, uh, Katni, uh, thank you for learning the ins and outs of running the meeting. I didn't quite realize how much there is involved in it uh, until we've gotten everything set up. So really appreciate you being uh, the second person to pave the way on that. So uh, thank you. Absolutely. Um, so Soundmaster AJ posted that they are just listening in for the first time to learn how to help. That's great. All right, uh, next up is Carter. Who is lurking? I remember this now. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is C. Grover. Oh, Carter gives a group hug, even though he's lurking. Yeah, I wanted to give some specific thanks to Tony D for the OLED text libraries and to Dan H and the team for the, uh, the stellar work that they did with the bus IO library, particularly for UART. It really saved my bacon when I was working with some traditional MIDI current loop interfaces this weekend. So um, thanks to all of you. And then a group hug, of course, because this team is really great. Excellent. Thanks very much. All right, Charles. 
uh, uh, Sea Grover beat me to it. Uh, the uh, it sounds like the uh, the uh, US uh, the USB MIDI and the uh, and the uh, regular UART MIDI is coming along pretty nicely. I and I have a group hug for all who who are working on that. Thank you very much. All right, awesome. Next up is Dakota. Sorry, I'm on my Mac today and I'm just getting the audio working so I'm even more helpless than usual. Um, I'm gonna have to send uh, vague hugs today. I got some help in, uh, in Git from a couple people and I can't remember names and being on the Mac, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even fall back on any other tools to find them. So it's all good. Um, we'll just have to go with that for now until they're better thanked maybe next time. Um, and it's just been chaos all week so I haven't accomplished anything. Group, group hugs all around. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Next up is Dan. Hi. Um, so I want to thank uh, Scott and um, Tack for continuing to uh, chop away or work on uh, tiny USB. Uh, Tack is working on some changes that Scott proposed, and they're working. They're working collaboratively on improving tiny USB, and Scott has fixed fixed a really significant bug um, in the latest build and still is uh, going great guns on this. That's really great. And then uh, Kevin Townsend, K-Town, who is our B resident BLE expert. I had several one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations with him over the past week or so, which was really helpful in working on the BLE IO API. And we actually brought in another um, uh, BLE expert who works at Nordic uh, to, and had another meeting today about that, which was also really helpful. So that's uh, that's really doing giving a big me a big education on what BLE is and needs. All that's right. great. All right, thanks, Dan. Um, next up is Jay Upler, who posted that they are just lurking and listening. Hug reports to everyone who is working on bug triage and code reviews. Oh, Jay Epler is also typing. Oops. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right, next up, Jerry. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, shout out to, to Brent R. Are you for um, to his awesome work on the Tiny Laura Circuit Python? He's got a you know a, a first pass out there, uh, up and running, and uh, did some work with it today. So it's really coming along great. And um, also uh, to, to Carter for his uh, jumping in on this weird uh, Raspberry Pi SPI issue last week. Um, looking forward to talking with him more about <laughs> about it um, as it goes on. But thanks for, for jumping in and helping with that. And, um, and Dan and Scott for the uh, USB fixes. Uh, things are working really nicely right now. All right, great. Um, TG Techie, do you have hug reports? I do. Hi. Hi. Um, if it's, if, I'm again walking home, so if it's noisy, I don't mind repeating anything. Um, I'd like to give a, a general hug to everyone for being such an awesome and open community and the massive amount of work that's being put towards bug fixes for 4.1.1. 1. 
Alpha 3. And um, specific thank yous to Jerry N, Dan H, and um, another person whose name is escaping me, but I'll, I'll uh, call you out and say thank you if I do remember. And again, group hug. All right. Thanks very much. And that is Hug Reports. Um, Katni, I think there's a Cascades and Brennan's at the top oh, under yours. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. So, yes. Good, good catch. Thank you. So Cascade posted, can't make it today, but extra hug reports to Tan Newt and Sag Attack for helping me uh, get started on debugging and figuring out what's going on with SPI Flash. I'm using on a custom board last week and group hug to the rest of the growing community. Um, and then Brennan posted, uh, thanks to Lady Ada for guidance on the libgpiod DHT implementation and taking over that project at the probably needs an oscilloscope phase and to Katni for patient work on the character LCD stuff. And with that, we're done with hug reports. Um, so next up is status updates. This is uh, something that actually is what started this whole thing uh, where we take the time to talk about what we're doing, maybe what we've done over the last week since the last meeting um, and what we're going to do over the course of the next week um, after this meeting. Um, it's just a chance to discuss what you're doing, and it's also a chance for other people to be able to give you some tips or tricks on um, anything that you uh, might be doing that you're running into issues with, or um, just in general, um, that uh, to get insight on, on whatever it is you're working on from, from other people. Um, we try to... Uh, keep this to just the status updates. We have something afterwards called In the Weeds, which is where we get into um, much deeper discussions. So if we run into something uh, during status updates that makes more sense to discuss after status updates, we can always uh, move that to In the Weeds. Um, but we will first get started with status updates. I will start. Uh, we do this also as a round robin, and we will go through um, alphabetically, just like we did with um, hog reports. Um, and I will start as an example, and then we will go through the rest of the list. So uh, last week, um, as every week now, uh, I had Library Monday, um, which went well, updated the tracking issue, followed up on Adabot issues, um, verified everything was released, and verified everything was in the bundle. Um, the big thing that happened for me was that the character LCD refactor was released, and I immediately found a bug, like you do. So that's been fixed. Um, I updated all of the character LCD code and guides, etc., because this was a massive API breaker. So um, everything that was using that code uh, had to be updated, all the code snippets, that sort of thing. Um, and this all started with trying to get the, uh, the RGB character LCD shield to work with CircuitPython, um, which it now does. Uh, and now the guide um, is updated to reflect that. Um, I did a little more work on the Trellis um, M4 NeoPixel toggle demo guide page. Um, we want to have a page where we're showing using the um, Trellis M4 uh, CircuitPython library to actually write a piece of code. Um, so I'm still working on that. I started updating the character LCD pie plate page and I tested the LSM 9DS0 uh, SPI update. It still had issues and it was not a sim as simple of a fix as we first thought. So this week, um, today is again Library Monday, hooray. Um, 
So I'll be going through uh, and doing all my library stuff um, today. There's uh, an issue currently going on with Travis on the Learn Guide repo. Um, we'll be looking into that. I will be finishing up the character LCD pie plate page. The plate needs testing, um, but we will get to that when we can because it, it's I squared C, it should work uh, the same, but that is never how things go. Um, there were updates to the LSM 9D0 uh, pull request, so I'm going to test that. And then once I'm through all that, um, I am back into uh, the list of PyPI um, guide updates as we are updating all of our um, all of our guides to show how to use uh, CircuitPython both on microcontrollers and also on Raspberry Pis or other single board computers. So uh, we'll be updating all the guides to show how to do all that. And um, I have a list that I'll be starting on uh, and then from there continuing on that project. And that is my status update. So next up we have Sedacious who has notes in the, um, or has status update in the notes. Last week and the interval. Went to DesignerCon with the wife, sold some stuff, met lots of cool people, and showed off the CircuitPython Raccoon. Uh, worked on new features for the ADXL 34X driver. And this week, uh, the plan is to finish up the 34X PR, work on uh, guides, and work on some more boards. Um, so next up is Summersoft. All right. Last week, traveled much, ate more, and worked less. Sounds good. Worked a little on Adabot on Travis. Bundle updates are failing due to credentials, which we can talk about in the weeds. Excellent. Um, and added, added validators a la carte to Adabot. Um, this week, the plan is to finish the aforementioned Adabot work, research and work on Lady Ada's Adabot for Arduino request, and catch up on outstanding pull requests. Uh, SPI for FRAM comes to mind. Um, and that is that is it for SummerSoft. Uh, Soundmaster AJ, do you have a status update? Still listening in, just learning. That is a perfectly good uh, status update. All right, next up is uh, Tan Newt. Scott. Hello. Hi. Um, so I made progress on uh, MIDI. It's still not working, but. Uh, mm -hmm. I definitely uh, spent some time on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, updated CircuitPython to the latest tiny USB. There was a couple issues that came up with Alpha 3, so uh, updating to the latest tiny, tiny USB fixed those, I think. Uh, so I'll probably do an Alpha 4 this week to go along with that. Um, I added a SAMD 21 and 51 uh, example to tiny USB along with a make file and switch Travis to it as well. So TinyUSB actually has a green Travis build now, which is really good. It was running some old tests that were failing. And so it was always, when people made PRs, they're like, well, it's failing. Like, what did I do wrong? And it wasn't their their fault at all. So uh, now we're green on TinyUSB, which is really cool. Great. Um, I actually started an STM32F4 port, which is the, the chip that's actually on the Pi board. Um, for a tiny USB, and I'm writing some docs on how to port uh, to new microcontroller families for a tiny USB as well. So this isn't directly CircuitPython work, but because I moved CircuitPython over to tiny USB, it means that we can get the CircuitPython workflow going on new platforms really easily once we have this tiny USB kind of lower level going as well. Um, so it's all about 
uh, prepping for what I think 29 will be highlighted by, which is uh, really branching out into more boards and more microcontrollers for CircuitPython. So um, laying, laying the foundation for that. Um, so I, I got to finish that foundation uh, and, and move on kind of away from TinyUSB a little bit this week. I've, I've got to actually get MIDI working and finished up. Um, and I, so that's like my number one goal this week is to finish this porting doc and then finish the MIDI uh, stuff as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll release Alpha 4 and then uh, kind of an odds and ends thing is I was doing Travis for TinyUSB yesterday and I noticed that the newer uh, Linux or Ubuntu Xenial is available on Travis now, which it wasn't. We were on really old trusty. Mm. Um, okay. And so I am currently like about to PR a thing to move the CircuitPython build to Xenial as well, which will hopefully give us a little bit of a speed boost and, and just get us on a newer tool chain uh, for all of the odds and ends. Um, the ARM GCC is all the same, but mm -hmm. uh, everything else will be updated, which will be good. All right. So that's what I'm doing. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks. All right. TG Techie, what, what is your status update? Um, not not too much to update. Still looking for alpha testers and slowly bug testing. Um, I've been having trouble compiling my libraries into a binary inside of CircuitPython. Um, and looking for a little help with that. But other than that, just alpha testing and uh, trying to condense code. All right, excellent. Oh, sorry, I should say working on a GUI. If I didn't mention that. All right. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Carter is lurking. Um, we have, uh, let me read Brennan's notes. Um, last week, Brennan worked on character LCD testing and uh, libgpiod pulse in. This week, um, we're going to be tweaking Blinka for platform detection working on using libgpiod Python bindings for GPIO pin implementation, rewriting some Py character LCD documentation, and miscellaneous testing and code reviews as needed. All right, um, C. Grover. A couple of projects this week um, for the Crunchable Lunchbox synth. Um, I successfully installed the MIDI stack uh -huh. And uh, there's an internal DSPG1, you know, the little eight-pin dip uh, synthesizer inside of there that I use for generating some voices. Uh -huh. uh, so I've got the voice selection routines working for that, and the continuous voltage conversion code. Uh, I finished that up this weekend too, and so I was able to receive and transmit MIDI while simultaneously reading and writing gated analog pitch signals. Wow! Uh, using an M4 DAC, so um, so far. And this is with uh, CircuitPython 3.1.1. It's really up to the task, and I had no memory issues or noticeable performance issues um, like I had before. So it's really coming together nicely. Got a few more little things to do to it, um, and I should have something published here pretty soon. That's great. Second, second project was um, wrapping up the CircuitPython-powered UFO theater or uh, film prop and sent it to the model maker for its final assembly before uh, filming this week. Ooh. 
So, uh, but we also had a need to crank. I needed to crank out a really quick project for a three watt RGB LED downlight for the center of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, its transport portal needed more intensity, so <laughs> <laughs> so I used the eyeball lens that came with the Halloween uh, Ada box for a collimation, and um, with a three watt LED there, it can it can swamp the camera's elements, and so. We don't have any issues now with getting um, a tremendous amount of smoke underneath the model so that they can see that there's a lot of energy in there. Yeah. And I'll post I'll post a link to a, a quick video that I ran during a test in my workshop. You can you can kind of see what the animation looks like. But there again, CircuitPython worked really well, and it was uh, with an M4 um, itsy bitsy. It was fast enough for most of the animations. So. Very cool. And I had one question. I, I put something up there for in the weeds, but it might be something to be answered here. And that's, I've been using the uh, an SSD 1306 OLED display, mm-hmm. and um, it has a reset pin on the breakout board. What happens if you try to attach it to a Stemma interface is that the display just won't inter- won't um, initialize on power up. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if there's a way through the I2C interface to reset the uh, controller for the OLED display so that you don't have to run an additional wire outside of the Stemma interface and take up another GPIO pin. So if there's anybody out there that has any answer to that, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, that one I'm not sure on. Um, I'm going to try a couple of things by putting, it's mostly just on power up. Yeah. So I might try putting a resistor and a capacitor on there and force the reset. We'll see how that works. Okay. Yeah, we can definitely talk about that in the weeds, see if anybody's got any insight into that. That's it. All right. Excellent. Charles, what is your status update? I'm still working on my mini stack for my uh, my electronic ocarina, but I discovered something uh, when I tried to do it with a Raspberry Pi with Blinka. Mm-hmm. There's an issue with getting the UART interface to be at the proper uh, speed. I can't get 31250 out of out of it mm-hmm. for some re- out of the Raspberry Pi uh, uh, UART uh, interface. You know the uh, hardware UART. Yeah. But uh, you know, if anybody has a suggestion, I, I can I pop over I pop over to uh, this the regular Discord chat. Okay. During the week. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, yeah, I know, uh, I know, we're still working mm-hmm. on stuff with Blinka, so it could, it could be an issue that actually, it could actually be an issue, something we need to fix. Yeah, I can put. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about putting an issue up on on the GitHub so that you know, people are aware of it. I found, I found a a really kludgy solution online. So that's as far as I've gotten. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. All right, Dakota? Uh, It just seems that I'm losing uh, my mind and (laughs) progress through uh, so many distractions and chaos, but I did manage to get my first uh, issue posted to uh, GitHub with a lot of help. Uh, last week, and uh, I did manage to get the M4 trellis kit uh, assembled, although I'm in the process of trying to get it tested. So that's why I was monkeying with the Mac. All right. Other than that, it's just chaos. OK. 
chaos can be good it can be bad did you did you see my reply to that dakota to the github issue with the date and time yeah on thursday yeah i replied to that as well okay perfect i didn't see that <laughs> awesome thanks all right dan um really what i'm spending 90 percent of my time on is still the bluetooth the ble api work mm -hmm. so that's pet this week last week and continuing uh this week other than that just some like I usually do some support stuff on the weekend, and that always brings up new issues. But BLE, BLE all the time. Right now. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Dan. Um, Jerry. Um, yeah, I finally got some updates into the uh, RFM sixty nine and ninety five libraries to allow users to access the radio head headers, which uh, it was something I've wanted to do for a, a while. So. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice. It's nice for me, and it's transparent. So if you don't want to use it, it doesn't break anything, but allows you to allows you to um, address different units. So you can have multiple radios on this, you know, talking to each other, but only responding to packets that they care about. Oh, nice. And and um, if anybody you know tries it and has any questions or finds anything wrong, please let me know. Um, and let's see, I've been also been also playing with this new tiny Laura stuff and uh, really excited to see it it coming together. That's a, a really nice, nice step. And uh, also I, I got in the mail a bunch of particle IO boards this week, so I am hey, I'm so confused. <laughs> and uh, trying to trying to make heads and tails of those things. So lots lots to do. So next week hope to play a lot more with the with the tiny Laura and um, and with the particle IOs. So Trying to make some make some progress. All right, excellent. And with that, uh, that is status updates. So the next thing we have is uh, in the weeds. This is a part where we get into more in depth discussion um, about any kind of you know things that anyone has. If you, the way that we do this is if you have anything, um, please post it into the text chat. Um, we have two in the notes already, um, but if you have anything else you want to discuss, please put it in the text chat and that way we can get to it um, after we talk about the two that we already have uh, posted in the weeds. Um, and that way uh, we're not uh, sitting around waiting um, for like a long period of time to see if anybody has any other things they want to talk about. So the first thing we have, um, Summersoft posted uh, Adabot credentialing for bundle updates on Travis. Uh, the question is which approach? I think I can put a lot, if not all, into the Python script limit to Travis environment or split various parts amongst the YAML, a bash script, and the Py script. So what do we think about that? Scott, do you have an opinion? Um... I think the Travis environment is probably the best way to do it. Okay. I don't know the all, all the background that Summersauce is hinting at here. Um, but in general, like tr the Travis environment is the right way to do credentialing stuff mm -hmm. in terms of like what the actual tokens and stuff are. Otherwise, if you put them in the all of the files, then 
then people could read them, which is not what we want. Gotcha. Um, but I assume Summersoft knows that, so I think there's some subtlety here that I'm missing. <laughs> Summersoft, do you I'm have work, any? But... Oh, go ahead. I'll try and talk. Is this working? Yeah, yeah. it is. Oh, hooray, hooray. Um, so the, the issue becomes, of all of the ways I've seen to credential using the Travis environment, is that all assumes that you're working on the rep the repo for that Travis. But since we're actually, the Python script is running on a different repository, it's mm -hmm. how you get that credential when you pull it down. You know what I mean? Um, I've seen a couple different ways, but that was where I, you know, they were all using bash scripts. Right. Um, and so that's kind of where the, that subtlety that you're talking about is, do you want me to put all the credentials into the, you know, the credentialing, so using the git config, um, and then the credential helper into the Python script, or do you want to mix it between um, the the YAML or a Bash script? Um, just to well, keep, I guess, flexibility is probably one of the other parts that I would think about. Well, I think the way that it's set up now is that you, it's still a matter of what environment variables you have. I think. Or maybe not, because you're talking about a local Git repo. Well, so the way that, that we, those of us who have run it, you have to, you know, you you set all that up with your environment, your bash script, your environment shell script, and, right. and the credentialing step you go through in the beginning. But Travis, for the bundle repo. Right. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I've been meaning to look at this as well. I'm glad you've taken a look at it because you're more responsible for Adabot than I am at this point. But I think even even if it's the credentials for a different repo, I'd still put them on in the Travis environment uh, for the one that runs because it just get like all of those secret environment variables get uh, encrypted for that environment for that specific repo that Travis runs. So like Correct. Even I'm not I'm not too worried about them spilling out into the logs or, or any of that. Yeah. Um I think it's I guess my, my question is more along the lines of do you want to bake it into the Python script or do you want to bake it into Travis? Which may include pulling some of that stuff out of the Python script, like the the actual moving the push from the Python script to a bash script or into Travis itself. Oh, I'd leave it in Python. Python is a better scripting environment than either the Travis YAML or the Bash, so. If you can do it from Python, I would do it there. OK. Which I, which I think you can. But yeah, thanks for looking at that. I appreciate it. Not a problem. And did you see my note about uh, pseudo record? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's, I think it's going away in the sense that it's always available. Because what's actually going away is the container-based stuff. Right. So, but yeah, I was I was definitely reading up on that when I saw the Xenial stuff. So we should be good to go, I think. I'm hoping it starts up a lot faster, but I doubt it does. I tried it. It didn't seem to be, it actually seemed to be. Hmm. All right. Excellent. Um, 
So the second thing we have uh, was the question put forth earlier by C. Grover about the SSD 1306 board has a reset pin, but can you reset it over I squared C? So I was looking at this in the background here, mm -hmm. and there is a function in the driver. There's a, a method in the driver class called power on, mm -hmm. which will write an I2C command to quote reset the display. But uh, whether that that's enough of a reset or not, that's I'm not sure, C. Grover, whether that's I mean, it's designed to reset. It already has auto reset built in. If you look on the schematic, um, and if you look at line one forty, let's see. I'll paste this into the chat. That's there's a there's a function there you could call. You could try that. I'll take a shot at it and see if I can. Okay. If that yeah. makes any difference. Are you just seeing the problem where it sometimes comes up as a you know as a speckled white screen on on power on startup? Yeah, or black. Yeah, because that's been a it's been around for a long time. In fact, wasn't there a, a a design change made at one point to try and work around that? Yeah. So how old is your thirteen oh? How old is your? Oh, it, it, probably three or four months. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, you don't have a new I mean, one. I, I don't know what production run it came from, but I ordered it about three or four months ago. No, this is from like a couple of years ago that it was changed. Uh, so. No, I've experimented with it yesterday and noticed that. But I have similar problems when I'm using um, time of flight breakout boards as well. You know, they yeah, can lock up pretty easily. And this function power on gets called when you create the um, the instance. So... If it's not working then, then then I mean you could try try it again, but yeah, I can I'll I'll try reinstantiating it to see if that helps. Yeah, I mean there's a die. If you look at the schematic, there's a die out in front of the reset pin, and you could probably maybe you could. I'll look at the schematic too, because sometimes yeah. just slowing down the reset um, when you you know with a pull-up resistor and a capacitor, you can usually. At least force right. something to be uh, delayed in its reset. Right. Right now, it just has the resistor and a and a and a diode. Yeah. yeah I think this the stem interface is is going to be pretty useful for a lot of projects, but I have a feeling that w there are some breakout boards out there, like the TOF breakout boards, and uh, obviously the OLED board, and there may be others that I haven't tested yet that could have an issue in getting reset properly um, when they're connected. Yeah. Yeah, on the yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, well, that is all we have for In the Weeds. So we can go ahead and uh, wrap it up. So this has been the Adafruit Circuit Python Weekly for November 26th, 2018. Um, I want to thank everybody for participating. Um, we do this every week, uh, Mondays at, I want to say, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, except when there's U.S. holidays, then we move it, um, we move it uh, possibly to another day or we skip. Um, so just uh, you can check in the CircuitPython 
Discord channel, um, which is where we are all week. Um, if you're not, if you are watching this later and you're not already on Discord, you can go to adafru.it/discord and join us. Um, we are in the CircuitPython text chat all week. Uh, we're available for questions. Um, always there for support. Uh, so definitely, if you have any questions during the week, um, feel free to come see us there. And uh, with that, um, thank you, everybody, and uh, have a great week.